All right, like I said earlier, this morning we're, we're in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, so go ahead and turn your Bibles there. We'll read that in just a second. Uh, today we're going to be talking about working out. We're going to be talking about working out, and as we talk about working out, um, I want to bring up this guy. This is Tyreek Hill. Okay, he's um, Kansas City Chiefs. We won the Super Bowl. I'm a Chiefs fan, okay, so we won the Super Bowl, but uh, Tyreek Hill, this is a quote by him before he actually went to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's something that he said about his kind of training, I guess you will. He says, we don't take no days off. If you want to be the best, you've got to work to be the best, baby. You've got to prove you're the best every Sunday too. Every day for real, you've got to prove you're the best every day for real because there's no telling who's working out right now. AB could be working out right now. Julio could be working out right now. Odell could be working out right now. DeAndre could be working out right now. So that's why I'm trying to outrun them. Two times a day, baby. Cheetah's coming back, man. Stronger baby fastest in the game. And so this is Tyreek Hill. He's talking about training. Okay. He's training to be the fastest that there is. And he's one of them. Okay. But he's training. He trains not once a week, not once a month. He says every day, two times a day, baby, I'm training. Okay. He's training to be the best that he can. This is a quote by um, Raymond Edmond. Okay. He died in 1965. But I think this truth is even more true today than when he quoted it. It says, ours is an undisciplined age. The old disciplines are breaking down above all the discipline of divine grace is dreaded as legalism or entirely unknown to a generation that is largely illiterate in the scriptures. We need the rugged strength of Christian character that can only come from discipline. Today we're going to talk about working out. We're talking about working out our spiritual life. Okay, so our goal today is going to be that we would train ourselves for godliness. Let's look at it. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4. Uh, let's read 7 and 8. It says, But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women, on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You know, uh, we're not very disciplined, like uh, Edmund quoted, like he said. We're not a very disciplined people. We don't train very well when it comes to spirituality. Um, especially my generation, we look at um, discipline as legalism. Okay, um, we're very free, which is good. We're not legalistic as a whole, generally, but uh, we look at discipline as legalistic, and it can be, okay, because generations before us were legalistic in their training. They, they would discipline themselves, they'd train themselves, but they do it for the wrong reason, and they end up being legalistic about it. Today, we're going to see Paul telling Timothy, who's a young pastor, that he needs to be working out spiritually. He needs to be exercising spiritually because if he doesn't, he's going to fall into the trap of being like the world. Okay? In our day and time, this is very applicable, and it's very easy to apply this today. So that's why part of the reason why we're going to look at it today. So the first thing we need to look at, number one, I think on you guys is a little uh, outline thing that you guys have. Laziness makes us fat. Okay, laziness makes us fat physically. Okay, laziness does make us fat. Um, when we're talking about spirituality, okay, laziness makes us like the world. Okay? So where do we find truth? Where does our wisdom come from? These are some questions you'd ask. Um, I don't know about you guys, but before I got married, when I was in college and stuff, um, I worked out a lot more than I do now, okay? Uh, and so, like, there's, like, these steps in life when you, like, get fatter, right? So it's, like, first when you go to college, you gain the freshman 15, right? And then you get married, and it's like, oh, your wife's cooking good food, and you're married, so you don't need to work out anymore, right? I mean, that's what goes through my mind, right? So I don't need to work out anymore. And then you have kids, 
and then you're so busy, it's like, man, I can't work out anymore. And we tend to not work out, and we get lazy, we get fat, um, physically, I'm talking about. Okay? And, um, you know, that laziness is we get too busy, we don't do what we're supposed to do, and we, get, we gain weight, right? That, that happens. Okay? But it happens on our spiritual level, too. Okay? It happens spiritually as well. When we look at it, we get lazy. Okay? And when we get lazy spiritually, it draws us closer to the world. It makes us look like the world. It makes us do things that the world would do. Okay, think about the world around us as believers. Okay, we there's there's believers all out there that, that say, hey, I'm you know I put my faith in Jesus for eternal life or whatever, and, and then say, you know, but this sin is okay. You know, homosexuality is fine. It's not a big deal. You know, abortion's fine. It's not. It's not really. It's it's a choice. You might, say, you might say different sins. You might look at them. You know, if I'm talking to the youth, okay, because I'm a youth pastor, I'm talking to the youth, they may say, oh, underage drinking is not a big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal. Everybody does it. Okay? And, and you start believing the lie that the world's wisdom, the world's wisdom is truth, and it's not. Okay, look at it. I like this verse. It's 1 John uh, 2, 15 through 17. Uh, John here is talking about fellowship. He says, do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away in its lust, but the one who does the will to God lives forever. What is he talking about there? He's talking about fellowship. He says, hey, if you're a friend of the world, you're going to look like the world. Okay, and that's not who God is. God isn't the world. When we're talking about the world, we're talking about the world's system. We're talking about the lies of the devil, okay, because he controls the world. And when we look at this, we may not be extreme, you know, we may not be on the extreme side following the world, but even if we're not on the extreme side of following the world, we tend to start believing the lies of the world, okay? As believers, we do, and it's easy to do, okay? Because the world is all around us, okay? Our, our media, um, our friends, our coworkers, just in general, the world is around us. We live in the world, and so if we live in the world, it is hard not to start acting like the world, not to start thinking like the world, not to start being like the world, it's hard. And that comes from laziness. It comes from not training. Okay, this is another uh, good passage of scripture. But this is James talking about the difference in worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Okay, we should be listening to godly wisdom, not worldly wisdom. He says, this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, talking about worldly wisdom, but it's earthly, natural, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in everything. But the wisdom from above is first of all uh, pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy, and the seed of those fruits of righteousness sown by peace, those who make peace. So the big thing here is that I want to point out is that James is making a distinction between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And a lot of times we don't make that distinction. We say, oh, if everybody else is saying it, it's true. It's right. Okay, but it's not. If it goes against the word of God, then it's not true. And it's not right. And when we're lazy with spiritual training, when we're lazy with training ourselves for godliness, we start looking like the world. If we want to be called a friend of God like Abraham was, okay, in Isaiah, or if we want to get rewards like Noah, like it says in Hebrews that Noah's going to get rewards, or be approved by God like Moses was, again in Hebrews it says that, if we want to be like these heroes of faith, we need to train to be like these heroes of faith, okay? Um, Tyreek Hill isn't the fastest player in the NFL because he sits around and does nothing all day. He's a fast player in the NFL because he trains. If we want to be strong Christians, strong believers, strong men and women of God, we've got to train. 
Okay, so that's what we're going to look at today. That's the first part of verse 7 when it says, have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. Okay, don't have anything to do with these worldly things. Okay, and if you look at uh, 4, 1 through 6, Paul's basically warning him, saying, hey, the world's going to get worse and worse and worse. Okay, so watch out because you're going to start being like them if you're not training yourself for godliness. So we're going to look at it. Don't be like the world. Laziness makes us fat. We need to make sure that we are not having anything to do with worldly fables. Fables, why? Because they're lies. Okay? Don't have anything to do with these worldly lies. On the other hand, discipline yourself for godliness. So let's look at it. Training has a purpose. Okay? This is in 7b. I just said it, but I'll say it again. Have nothing to do with worldly fables. Fit only for all women, so don't give in to the lies of the world. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. First off, Discipline or training, which we're going to look at that word in just a second, has a purpose. It has a purpose. Okay, and we're going to look at three things with the purpose of, of discipline or of training. The first thing that we're going to look at is training has a main goal. Okay, look at it again. He says, on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of what? Godliness. Okay, so do you have a main goal when you're training? Do you have a main goal when you're training? It takes, um, it should be, that I want to be godly, that I want to take on the character of Christ. It should be James 4, 8. I want to draw closer to God. It should be godliness. That's why you should be training. You should have a main goal when you're training. Uh, these, I just threw some stuff up here, but these are some reasons why we train spiritually. Okay? These are some reasons why we want to look, why we want to look good, why we want to train, uh, or we tend to. Okay? To look like a better person. I want to look like a better person, so I'm going to train. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray more, or I'm going to read more because I want to look like a better person. Or I want to be a better person. You know, I want to be, I want to be good. I want to be a good person. Um, this is a big one. So others will uh, like me or treat me differently. Okay, in, in a Christian circle. Okay, maybe not in a secular circle, but in a Christian circle, people tend to treat you differently if you, like, if you're spiritually disciplined or if, like, you do the good things and stuff like that. So we tend to like that. Uh, to get something from someone else, we do this all the time. It's not a huge, we don't do it in, like, major ways, but in minor ways, we say, like, you know, if I'm nice to that person, they're going to be nice back to me. Or if I do this, they're going to be treating me this way. We do things to get stuff from people, and we do good. Um, we train even to, to do that. And then sometimes we do it to earn God's love. Uh, Adam said this this morning, Grow Group, but there's nothing you can do to earn God's love. He already loves you to the maximum. Okay, first, uh, first John 4, uh, 10, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be appreciation for our sins. Okay, so... And this is love, not that we love God. God doesn't love us more because we do right, because we train and because we love him. He loves us unconditionally. So we don't do things to earn God's love or even to earn uh, eternal life. That's what EL is. Uh, Sometimes people do things, they they train or they try and be spiritually disciplined because they want to earn their way to heaven. And we all know you, you can't do that. Okay, you can't earn your way to heaven. It's by faith alone in Christ alone. we know that. Okay, but sometimes we do train for these reasons. Okay, godliness is being close to God and acting like him because of that fact. So don't be legalistic and don't be selfish when you're working out or when you're training spiritually. Okay, we're going to talk about what training looks like um, later on. But when we are doing these things that are training ourselves to be godly, don't be legalistic or selfish when we're doing it. Have the correct reason, have the correct main goal. When you're training, when you're reading, when you're praying, you should have a goal in mind and that goal should be to become more godly, to be imitators of Jesus Christ. Um, Ephesians 5.1, uh, that's what our goal should be. Okay, so the next thing, that's A, B, training is strategic. Okay, training is strategic. And I get this from the word 
itself discipline. Okay, look at it uh, in verse 7. He says, on the other hand, discipline. That word discipline there in the Greek, here it is in the Greek right here. It means to practice naked in the games or to train. It means to practice naked. So what is he talking about there? In ancient Olympics, okay, you used to practice and train for those Olympics and run in those Olympics or do their events in those Olympics naked. Okay, this guy, uh, I mean, I can't say his name, but I think it's Theos. Okay, he was one of like the best back in the day, like 400 BC area. He won 1,400 victory wreaths, okay? Um, I mean, I guess you can call those gold medals, right? So he, he, he was a winner, okay? He did good. He was very good at what he did. But whenever he practiced and whenever he trained and then whenever he played in the Olympic Games, he did it naked. Okay, why? Because they didn't want to have anything weighing them down. They didn't want to have anything get in their way. Look at Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, so let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangle us, and let us run the race with endurance that is set before us. Just the word train itself implies that we need to be strategic. He doesn't say, just do good things. He says, be strategic about training yourself. Okay, they, these guys, these guys in the Olympics, and Paul makes a lot of um, illustrations, uses a lot of illustrations from uh, Olympics and boxing and things. We'll look at a, a couple of those later. But they train strategically in order to get the best results. Okay, and we need to train strategically to get the best results. Okay, Tyreek Hill, again, okay, fastest guy in the NFL probably right now. Uh, with his uh, gear on, with his helmet, his pads and everything, he was clocked at over 22 miles an hour, almost 23 miles an hour on the field. Okay, he was fast. If you guys remember his quote, okay, he said that he wanted to train to be the fastest. He was looking for speed. That's what he was looking for. Okay, and when he's looking for speed, he has a specific training routine to make him the fastest that there is. Okay, if I want to go run a marathon, which I'm, I don't because I hate running, Okay, but if I wanted to go run a marathon, I would need to do a lot of chest press, a lot of push-ups, right? That way I'd be fast. No. If I did that, that's not very strategic training. That's stupid training, okay, because it's not going to get me any good. That's training that I would probably do for a half marathon or something, okay? If I want to get, uh, get good at American Ninja Warrior, okay, I had to train like American Ninja Warrior guy, right? If Tyreek Hill wants to be speed, He's got to train for speed. And if we want to be godly, we've got to train to be godly. And it needs to be strategic training. This is a, I'm going to show you guys just something that I use to be strategic in my spiritual training, okay? This isn't a biblical chart. All of these things go back to the Bible. But this is just something I use. You guys can use whatever you want, okay? But look at it. I, I pick out a discipline I want to work on, okay? We'll look at the different disciplines or training or workouts a little bit later, but I pick a discipline. We'll just say it's fellowship. Let's say it's fellowship, okay? Discipline always goes back, or a training or a workout always goes back to the Bible. So I have a, a verse to say this is biblical. This is how I grow closer to Christ uh, biblically. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. We're supposed to be encouraging and stimulating one another onto love. Uh, and we're not to forsake the assembly, as is the habit of some. Okay, so my discipline I'm going to work on is fellowship. What's the general purpose? It's always godliness, right here. First Timothy uh, four. Uh, it's always godly. That's just a general purpose. Then a personal pur- uh, purpose or like a more zoomed in purpose could be to grow in fellowship with godly people. I get that first John 1, 3 when uh, they talk about uh, some of the elders and guys wanting to have uh, fellowship with one another and with the other believers. Okay, a goal. 
okay, my goal for this will be that I'm going to try and go to a church every week in June 2020, and I'm going to have one godly family over for dinner. It's promoting fellowship, right? It's going back to fellowship, Hebrews 10. Okay, so that's my uh, goal, my method. Set a reminder on my phone, get up early. Uh, and then also my motivation. Okay, uh, I, don't, I didn't have this in here, and I didn't even say this last service, but Zig Ziglar has a good quote on motivation. He says that, and I love the quote, but I always get it wrong. So bear with me as I try and stumble through it because I didn't actually write it down. But Zig Ziglar basically says that uh, people say motivation doesn't last. Okay? And then he says, well, neither does bathing. And that's why we recommend it every day. Okay? And I, I needed that at 12 years old because okay? I didn't bathe very often. But I also need that now because I need motivation every day. So what's the motivation? Ask Joe Smith to come talk to me at church when I'm at church. Uh, maybe part of our motivation could be rewards, which we'll look at. Uh, motivation could be love for Christ, love for God. So we have lots of motivation there, but write something down. Okay, this is strategic training. Okay, this is specific training. It's strategic. I'm not just working out in general hoping for results. Okay, I'm fine-tuning my training so that I can be the most godly man I can be. That's what, that's what I'm doing, okay? And I'm, when I say I, I mean that's what we should be doing, I'm really bad at this, but I'm trying to work on it, okay? And that's why I'm sharing it with you. But our training needs to be fine-tuned to be the most, so we can be the most godly man or woman that we can be, okay? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27. I love this passage. I almost uh, taught on it instead, but it says, do you not know that those who run the race all run, but only one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you will win, Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath. By the way, that ancient Olympics games, he won 1,400 of those perishable wreaths, right? Uh, so they do it to win those perishable wreaths, but we and imperishable, there's some rewards right there, okay? And that's not eternal life, that's rewards. Therefore, I run in such a way, not without aim. I box in such a way, not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. What does he say? He says, I'm not going to run without aim. I'm not going to run without a goal in mind. I'm not going to box like I'm just hitting the wind. I'm not going to box like I'm hitting the air. It's not how I'm going to do things. He says, I'm going to be strategic in the way that I do things. I'm going to be strategic in the way I become a more godly person. Okay, you don't become godly by randomly doing godly things. Okay, you don't become godly by just randomly doing godly things. Okay, and what I mean by that is like, you don't just like, ah, yeah, you know, I'm going to try and be good, or I'm going to do this good thing, and then like, that makes you a godly person. What Paul is saying, telling Timothy here is, hey, if you want to be godly, you need to train yourself to be godly. You need to do it in a strategic way. You need to train. Okay, train naked. Okay, and that's kind of weird, but... Uh, going back to the context, okay, in the ancient Olympics, they did it so that they could run to their full potential. And they didn't just run in the race naked, they trained naked too. Why? Because they wanted to be strategic about the way they trained. Okay, do you think that um, Tyreek Hill uh, never trains with his pads on and then he puts his pads on in the game? No. I mean, there's times that he trains without his pads. But he's going he's gonna to be running things in his pad so that he knows how that feels, so he can be the best he can be, so he can get that total speed and he can be comfortable in that. Train strategically. Don't just randomly do godly things and hope to become godly. Train yourself strategically to become godly. The next thing, training's not perfect. There's, this, this is the hope, if you will. 
okay? Because a lot of times we think, man, I have to be perfect when I'm training. What I mean by that is like, a lot of times when I think of these spiritual disciplines that we're going to look at in a second, I think, oh yeah, I have to do all of these and I have to do them all perfectly right now and then that's when I'm training to be godly. But training isn't perfect. That's why we have to train. Okay, um, Adam, he uh, holds me accountable to a lot of things and um, I was working on this this prayer, I had this prayer goal in mind uh, not too long ago that I was working on for 30 days and it was just like, a specific kind of prayer that I really, I really want to work on. Anyway, I did that little sheet and everything, and I asked him, I was like, hey, here's my sheet. Can you hold me accountable to this? And he can tell you, I did horrible. I mean, he's laughing right now because it's true, okay? I did horrible. But you know what Adam said to me? He's like, hey, man, you know, you did bad, okay? I'll give you that. But you know what? Like, you're still training, and I'm, I'm better than I was before, and it's okay. I failed. That's all right. It's not a big deal. Okay, because that's why we're training. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal to sin or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that there's a reason it's called training. Okay, Peter says, be holy for I am holy. Or Peter says that. <laughs> Peter says that God says that. Okay, he says, God says, be holy as I am holy. Okay, and that's true. We need to be holy. But Paul's saying, hey, we got to train to get there. Okay, and no matter how disciplined you are and no matter how much you train, look at yourself and compare yourself to Jesus Christ. You're not there yet, okay? I hate to tell you that. And if you think, man, I do look like Jesus Christ exactly, then you got a pride issue and we need to work on that first, okay? But none of us are there. None of us look like Jesus Christ. Okay, so we all need to train and we're all gonna fail at training and we're all gonna say, hey, next 30 days, I'm gonna memorize the book of Ephesians or Ephesians 2. I'm gonna do that over the next 30 days and we're gonna get like five verses memorized. I'm gonna be like, man, and we're going to feel so defeated, but we shouldn't. Because you know what? you got five verses memorized. And guess what? There's another month ahead of you that you can do it again. And you can work on it. Okay, so don't get overwhelmed. Um, and don't feel defeated when you can't get it done or you can't do all the disciplines at one time. Okay, this goes back to being strategic. You have to be strategic when you train. You have to be strategic when you train. The next thing we're going to look at is rewards. We're going to go through this quickly because you guys all know this. Yeah, you guys all know this, but training has rewards. This is verse eight, look at it. It says, for bodily discipline is of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise, promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Okay, it holds promise for present life, also for the life to come. Okay, we have rewards when we train. I want you guys to look at Matthew six. Matthew six is a great passage of scripture for rewards, especially for spiritual disciplines because uh, Jesus lists three spiritual disciplines or three ways that you can work out, if you will. Then he says you're going to get rewarded off all three of them. And then we'll see in a second, he says that we should be storing up these rewards in heaven. And then he gives us a specific reward that is earthly. Okay, so giving. Okay, giving is in verse 3 and 4. He says God's going to reward us if we give with the right heart. Right? And then he says pray. He talks about prayer. He says if you pray with the right heart, you're going to get rewarded. He says if you fast with the right heart you're going to get rewarded. These are disciplines. These are workouts that we can do to train ourselves to be more, be, become more godly. Okay, he says God's going to reward you for these disciplines or these trainings, these workouts that you do, which is pretty cool because we're commanded to be perfect. And yet God rewards us for training to become perfect when we should already be perfect. That's a pretty cool thought there. Okay, so then 
Look at it. He goes on in chapter 6. When he gets down to 19, he says, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth and rust destroy. Thieves break in and steal. Rather store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay? Store for yourselves treasures in heaven. They're, they're right there saying, hey, we're going to be rewarded in heaven for the things that we do. Okay? Eternal life, it's a gift. It's by faith alone, in Christ alone. But then when we do these things throughout our Christian walk, we can get rewarded for them. We can get rewarded for him. And then look, he, gives, he adds an earthly reward in verse 33. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Talking about um, provision, as in all these things will be added unto you. And so he says, hey, if you're seeking first the kingdom, if you're training to be godly, guess what? God's going to provide for you. Is that an earthly reward? Yeah, it is. It's an earthly reward. So he says, you're going to get reward in heaven. You're going to get reward on earth. There's tons of scripture that talks about rewards. You can go study it yourself. Um, if you want to look at a, a cool chapter, it's Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the faith chapter. But really, I've been studying it. It's all about rewards. Hebrews 11, and it's about faith, okay? But it's about what they did through their faith and how they were looking to the promise of rewards. Go study it. Go look at it yourself. And then 12 gets on, um, 12.1, which we looked at already, says that's why we should lay aside everything and run. Because these people were running for rewards, and you should be too. Okay, so we need to be running. Keep our eyes on the prize. Run for the unperishable wreath. That's another reward. Okay, this is, we already went over this um, passage here, but it's a great one. Okay, it talks about rewards too. Run for that imperishable wreath. Run for the imperishable wreath. So, rewards are huge. They're important. We need to think about them. We need to renew our minds with them. And um, as we are training, we need to make sure that we train with a purpose. So training with a purpose first means you have a goal. Then it means you're strategic in your training. And then it means um, that you're not going to be perfect. And then you're going to get rewards. So what is training? Okay, what is training? We're going to look at this. Okay, what is training? There you go. It's on the screen. So you now officially can say what is training. All right. I got a couple quotes here by a guy named Donald S. Whitney. Okay, he says, discipline without direction is drudgery. That's what we've been talking about. Okay, a lot of times we try and just train ourselves, but we don't have any direction. We don't know actually what we're doing. We don't, we just like, ah, I'm just going to be good. I'm just going to be better. I just need to be a better person. I'm just going to do it. And that's like, that's discipline without direction. And it's drudgery. It's hard. Okay. But um, we do have direction. The word of God gives us directions. We're going to, that's what we've been looking at. He also says, spiritual disciplines are those practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're habits of dedication, experiential Christianity that have been practiced from people since, uh, the people of God since biblical times. What I love about this quote is that the disciplines or the trainings or the workouts are found in the scriptures and they're to promote spiritual growth. Okay, we're talking about sanctification here. If you don't know what that word is, it... Um, it's like a discipleship, or it's like uh, growing closer to God, fellowship. Those are some words that go along with it. Okay, we are supposed to be doing these things that are found in Scripture to make us more like Christ. Okay, so is it in Scripture that we need to garden more? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I've read, you know, the Bible, and I don't see that in there. Okay, so what, what is scriptural? What is biblical that will point us back to Christ, that will grow us? Okay, does that mean gardening's bad? No. Okay, but we're talking about specific training that promotes us to be like Jesus Christ. What is that? What are the disciplines? What are the workouts, if you will? Biblical ways as we believers, as we as believers, can draw closer to God, that's James 4, 8, and be sanctified by the truth of God's word, that's John 17, 17. Sanctify them 
by your truth. Your word is truth. So what are these things? What are they? I have a list. Okay, it's by no means comprehensive. But these are a few things, or a few workouts, if you will, a few disciplines that we can look at. First one's prayer. Everybody knows it. Okay, everybody knows what prayer is. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. There's tons of scripture about prayer. We looked at one in Matthew 6. So prayer is a, a, a workout. It's a spiritual discipline that you can do to become more godly. Okay, Bible intake, that includes reading and studying. Um, or those are what I encompass in them. I, there could be more in there, but really reading and studying are two different things. This comes from Timothy, or sorry, 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to be approved by God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, that encompasses studying and reading. Okay, when we read the word, we get an overall view of what these authors and what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then when we study, we dig it out. Observation, interpretation, application, each little verse, each little word. I mean, that's what we're doing this morning. We're looking at one word, and it's telling us, hey, you need to be strategic because it's, it's training. You know, it's, that's studying. Okay, so study and read. Do both. Okay? You don't have to do them both at the same time, but do both. Okay, read the Bible. Take a month and read the Bible, or part of it, and then take a month and study a book of the Bible. Meditation. Okay, I love this one. This is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is changing your mind throughout the day or going back in your mind throughout the day to the truths of the Word of God. Okay, do you think that this discipline or this training exercise will help you when lies come from the devil or when lies come from the world? Absolutely, because what are you doing? You're, you're going back to the truth of God's word all the time in your mind. Memorization, Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay, that's David saying, I'm going to memorize your word so that I don't sin against you. Again, that's going back. I'm not following the world. I'm memorizing the word so that I can follow you. Okay? Uh, fasting, we, we rarely talk about fasting, but fasting is uh, it's a, it's a way that we can train. Okay, it's all throughout the Old Testament. Guess what? I, it's also... Th- it's also all throughout the New Testament, okay? Um, we see it's never commanded, okay? But we just looked at one in uh, Matthew 6 where he says, and when you fast, that's Jesus talking. And later on, Jesus actually gets asked by some of the religious leaders, hey, why don't your disciples fast? You know what Jesus says? He said, because the bridegroom's here, but soon he's going to be gone, and they will fast. And then we see the, the, uh, the new church or the church when it's first beginning, we see them fasting, Fasting and praying. So fasting, um, I think it's a good exercise that we can do. Okay, and um, I'm not spending time teaching any of these. We're just overviewing them. So if you want to study fasting, go study it before you do it. That way you understand it. Okay, giving. Uh, we all know giving, what giving is. Second Corinthians 9, 7, and again, that's in Matthew 6 as well. Uh, giving is a spiritual discipline. You have to be disciplined, train yourself to do that. Fellowship, this is a big one. Uh, that's controversial probably right now. But uh, we talked about it earlier. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says that we need to be stimulating one another to good works. It says that we shouldn't forsake the assembly as is the habit of some people or as the habit of some or that some are doing. Okay, so fellowship. Okay, fellowship is huge. And I know this is kind of controversial right now, but like fellowship's important. Gathering together as believers is important. Okay, and it's training yourself to become more godly. When you surround yourself with believers, are you going to be training or trained to be more godly? Yes. Okay, when I hang out with Adam and Garrett and those guys, am I going to be more godly than if I hang out with people 
of the world or worldly people or people that are influencing me to be like the world? Absolutely. Training myself to be godly. And listen, there's always excuses to get out of this. Okay? Um, like COVID-19, okay? It's, it's a real thing, and there's people that cannot get out and should not get out of their homes. There's people that have to stay locked in. But guess what? Even for me, it's a really easy excuse to just say, I'm not going to church. And we have other excuses too. Think about it. I mean, I've known people in my past that they have kids. And the first kid, they're like, oh, we can't go to church. And that's true. Okay? I mean, I've had a kid. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to go to church for a while. But then they, they just kind of get out of the routine. And they have another kid. They're like, ah, no, I'm busy. I can't go to church anymore. There's so many excuses that we can find to not train ourselves to be godly. Okay, don't use excuses. Okay, don't use excuses. There are no excuses. Ask Tyreek Hill. If he's training, there are no excuses. Guess what? If he's not the fastest guy on the field, he's going to get fired. They're going to bench him, and he's not going to be making any money anymore. Why? Because he's not training, because he's getting lazy. Okay, we get lazy. Evangelism is another good one. A lot of people look at this as a gift. They're like, oh, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I can't evangelize. Not true. Okay, if uh, Matthew t- uh, 28, 18 through 20, we all know that verse. We should be evangelizing. Okay, and you can ask, uh, there's some, some of the guys in the youth group that go out and evangelize, and you can ask them, when you evangelize, are you more godly afterwards? Absolutely. You think that answering people's questions about the Bible when they're asking them to you, are you like giving a synopsis of the gospel? Is training yourself to become godly? Yeah, it is. It's effective to become more godly. Service is another one. Mark 10, 45. Uh, even the Son of Man didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. He gives his life as a ransom for many. Service is huge too. Okay, again, there's tons of excuses not to serve. Okay, and in our church right now, we don't have nursery in the middle service because we can't find enough people to do it. Okay, and there's, we have a bunch of people in our church. And I know that's like kind of pointed and kind of rough. And I'm not saying all of you should be working in the nursery. Okay, but all of us should be serving. Adam talked about it this morning. We should be using our spiritual gifts, okay, to serve the body. And when we do that, when we serve, is that training ourselves to become more godly? Absolutely. We, we become a more godly man or woman because of that. Okay, now again, there's, this isn't all of them. There's more, uh, I think of even like um, praise and worship. Okay, if you go to like Psalms and stuff, that's a spiritual discipline. Okay, there, there's other ones. This is just a list that I kind of threw together. Um, but anyway, we need to be training ourselves in this way, specifically, strategically, in order to become more godly. And some of us are good at some of these and bad at others. And others are good and bad at different ones. Okay, like for me, um, I am, okay, so meditation and prayer kind of go together, right? Meditation is kind of like praying throughout the day. I'm good at that, naturally. Like, that's what I'm good at. That doesn't mean I don't need to work on it, I do. But I'm bad at sitting down and praying. Like, and spending, you know, time with God praying. Like, spending significant time talking with Him. That's not natural to me. I have to really work hard to to get that down to do that. And so, like, some of these we're good at. Some of them we're bad at. So we need to work on them all. Uh, even work on the ones that we're bad at so that we can become more godly. So what's the impact? Okay, what's the impact or the application? We say impact because impact youth, right? 
So what's the impact in our lives? We need to work out with a purpose. What does that mean? That means we need to have a goal. We need to keep that goal in mind. I'm going to become more godly. I'm going to be a more godly man or woman because that's what God calls me to do. And when I'm closer to Christ, I emulate Christ. I'm an imitator of God, as Ephesians 5 says. When I get close to him, I'm going to draw near to God. That's my goal in praying. That's my goal in giving. That's my goal in reading. That's my goal in studying. It's to draw closer to God. Okay, so have a goal. Be strategic. Have a plan. Don't just go out there and be like, I'm going to be godly. Like, you've got to be strategic about it. Okay, be okay with failure because you're going to fail. Okay, even uh, most of you in here are probably more disciplined than me. But even though you're disciplined, you're still going to fail. Even though you're disciplined, you still need that training, right? Because you don't look like Jesus Christ yet. Okay, remember the rewards. Remember the rewards that you're going to get for it. Okay, God wouldn't have put it in the Bible if he didn't want you to kind of keep that in the back of your mind and say, hey, I'm going to get rewarded for this. He wouldn't have put it in there if he didn't want you to think about it, right? It's the truth of God's word. So what can you do today? Choose a discipline that you're not good at or one that you're good at, but practice it. Work out. Work out spiritually. Take the next 30 days. Say, hey, I need to work on studying the word of God. So I'm going to study 1 Timothy for the next 30 days, and here's how I'm going to do it. These are the ways I'm going to do it. Here's who's going to hold me accountable. Okay, and I will say this too. If you're a, if you're a disciplined person, Okay, which I'm not. I'm, I'm really bad at discipline. Okay? Um, I have to work on it all the time. But if you're already a disciplined person, don't let that discipline um, lead you to train in the wrong way, with the wrong goal, with the wrong mindset. Don't be disciplined because that's your routine and that's what you like doing. Don't be disciplined because that's just who you are. Don't be disciplined uh, because of any of those other reasons that we gave. Be disciplined and train yourself to become godly. Okay? Train yourself to become godly. We all need this. We all need to train. We all need to work out so we can become chiseled, ripped Christians, right? We want to be chiseled and ripped as Christians, so we need to be that. We need to work out in order to do that.